we have been, again, in the process, a little bit broken up, but in the process of a series on the principles of prosperity. And uh, last time we spoke, we talked, uh, we started uh, beginning with honoring God with the tithe. And that's where we're at today, honoring God with the tithe. And we really looked at and placed emphasis on honoring God. And uh, uh, I don't want to repeat everything. We'll do some review in a moment. But I do want to remind you again, the Word of God promises that if we will put God in His Word first place and give God that place of authority in our lives, that all the things that we need in life will be added to us. We won't have to chase them. We won't have to pursue them. But God will see to it like a magnet, so to speak, that our needs being met, it just comes to us. Deuteronomy 28 talks about that if we obey the Lord, that if we would honor the Lord, God promised then that all these blessings would come and overtake them. In other words, God doesn't want us living our life trying to earn money, trying to meet our needs. That is trivial living. That is not living to our full potential. God is our source. Say it with me. God is my source. That's something we need to constantly be confessing and reminding ourselves. God is our source. I'm not my source. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't do anything. I've told you before, and we'll get into it in these principles, God doesn't like lazy, okay? God did nothing about God that's lazy. Um, he said that he would bless everything we set our hand to. What does that mean? Our hand is doing something. We are actively doing something. But what we need to understand is God is the source of our life. God desires that we prosper in every single area of our life. He wants us healthy in our bodies. He wants all our needs met. He wants our families healthy and strong. He wants what we do on the job to be blessed. Every area of our life to be successful, to be strong, to be balanced. And along with that comes financial prosperity. I want you to listen to this statement, listen closely. This prosperity comes from acting on the principles of prosperity found in God's Word. But it doesn't come from knowing them. There's a big difference between knowing about God's Word and doing His Word. We do need to understand it to be able to do it. But it's not enough to stop there. And too many believers, they stop right there. They, they think that they're okay because they know something. And I, I, that's a lesson I learned a long time ago. Uh, a painful lesson. Because I used to think, why is it my faith working? Why am I not seeing certain things happen in my life? And the Lord had to get across to me. That's because you're knowing about some things, you're learning about some things, but you're not actually putting it to action. You're not doing something with it. You can have an education in any particular area of life, any area, but it won't do you any good if what? You don't put any of that education into work. You can learn all there is to know about taking a car apart and putting it back together. You can understand the principles. You can read and know everything there is to know about all the parts, but that doesn't mean you can successfully do it, you know? And so what we need to know is it's in acting on what we learn where we see results, what, what we see something positive happen in our life. And so tonight what I want to do is let's do some quick review before we jump into part two. 
last week we asked the question, uh, last time we were together, what is the tithe? And the word tithe literally means one-tenth or ten percent. And in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, God promises that those who would prove him by tithing would receive such great blessings that they could not contain them. And so if you want to grab your paper, and uh, we're going to cover some things we did last time. The tithe belongs to the Lord and is holy to the Lord. That is very, very important for us to get a hold of. The tithe belongs to the Lord and is holy to the Lord. We can see the principle of tithing in the, in the story of Cain and Abel. We looked at that last time. I don't want to spend a lot of time on there, but we see the principle of tithing. Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 and 5, it tells us, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. Notice the difference. One did bring an offering, Cain, but Abel brought the firstborn and the best of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. In other words, Abel did what he did in faith, and he gave God the principle that we put in here. Abel brought the first and the best to the Lord. However, Cain did not. Everybody say first and best. Say it again, first and best. That is a principle we want to get in our heart. That when we honor the Lord, we don't give Him the least and the last. We give God the first and the best. So when it comes to, for example, uh, doing things in your life, you might say, well, i got some projects. I have a home. I want to do this. I want to do that. Or I want to furnish my home. Or I want nicer things. Then make sure you're operating in this principle that you're putting the kingdom of God first in your life. You're not just putting yourself first, but you're saying, is there a need in the kingdom of God? Can I meet that need? Can I do something about that? And when you do, make sure it's the first and best. Now, what does that do? It puts in some things that we're going to see here into motion. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 in the New Living says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the, first, or the best part of everything you produce. Notice again, with the best of everything you produce, then he, in other words, God, will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Now, you and I aren't dealing necessarily in grain or wine, but we are dealing with what? We deal with money in our culture, uh, cash, uh, or I should say digital currency, ones and zeros. We're moving money around. That is the format that we live in. And so, God isn't necessarily going to make my barns overflow because guess what? I don't got a barn, you know, so to speak, in a farm barn. But what do I do have? I have a bank account. I have a checking account, savings account, you know, so on and so forth. So what is this saying? God is going to bless those areas of my life, those holding resources. God is going to bless them. And the more channels you have for flow, the better. I mean, uh, don't restrict yourself to one, don't, what, what do they say in the world? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Allow God plenty of room, so to speak, to bless you in your life. Don't just close God off saying, the only way God can bless me is through payday. Well, now you've limited God. Sure, God can do what he can do through there, but what if you just said, Lord, I don't care how you do it. And maybe as you obey him, you opened up other doors, other channels for blessing. 
and that gives him the ability to bless those areas. We honor God by giving to him the first and the best, not the least and what's left over. Listen to this. Honoring God is literally putting God and the things of God first. That's what honoring God is. 1 Samuel 2, uh, verse 30, the latter part of the verse says, But now the Lord says, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. We mentioned this last time. If you honor God, God will honor you. But guess what? Who has to make the first step? Who has to do something? If you're waiting on God to supernaturally bless you, you got things backwards. You need to initiate things. The farmer doesn't just sit there and wait for his crop to come in, does he? What does he have to do? He has to sow. He has to get out there and work the land and sow. And as he does that and he takes care of what he sowed, God blesses. God causes the increase. The Bible says when it comes to winning people and and obeying God, the Bible says some sow and some water. But who gives the increase? God gives the increase. Amen. He is our source. So he increases our life. Listen to this carefully. Look at your notes. When you place what is important to God first in your life, in turn, what is important to you will become a priority with Him. I'm telling you guys, there is so much power in those words right there. The same goes for not honoring the Lord, though. If you choose to treat what God desires as unimportant, as insignificant, how is He going to treat what's important to you? Same way. In other words, this is a principle or a byproduct of what? You reap what you sow. And so if you put, if you listen to me, if you live your life to place what is important to God first in your life, and you actually do it, God is bound by His Word to make a priority with Him what is important to you. And I'm telling you, that is, when you think about things, man, God didn't have to do that, did he? He could have just said, obey me, because you're supposed to, because I'm God. Isn't that what he could, did any of your parents ever say, it's because I told you? You say, well, why? Shut up. You just do what I tell you. Why? Because I told you. See, God could have done that, but aren't you glad God didn't do that? Now, should we obey God because he told us? Absolutely. We should not obey God because we think there's a blessing in it for us. That's not right. I obey God because I love him. I'm thankful to him. I want to honor him. Amen? But isn't it wonderful that there's a sideline benefit to this? (laughs) That because I do that and I give him my heart and I put what's important to him first in my life, he blesses my life. And boy, I tell you what, God's good. I've seen his blessing in my life, and I'm not done. How about you? I want to see that increased. Amen. Why? So I can do more. Amen. So let's go into part two of what we're talking about. Now, what we're going to do is look at three different areas tonight. We're going to look at tithing before the law, tithing during the law, and tithing after the law. Because you know what, guys? There are so many disagreements regarding tithing in the body of Christ. There are so many right now that if you went out on the internet, and I'm not suggesting you do because I think it'd just confuse and mess you up. 
If you look up, is tithing for today? Oh man, you are going to get hit all over the place. And you're going to find a bunch of them that simply don't want to tithe. So what they did was they, they took scripture, twisted it some, and make it come out like, praise God, we're free from it. We're in, we're in grace. But what I want to show you today is tithing at the very beginning, so to speak, of mankind. I actually did show you that. Didn't we see the principle of tithing in the Garden of Eden? Remember when Adam was given everything except one tree? Remember? God said, honor me with that. That's mine. That's mine. It's holy to me. You leave that alone. Right? That's a principle of tithing. We saw the principle of tithing again with the very first children. Cain and Abel. And we saw it again. Well, we're going to see it again. What I'm trying to say is people will talk about, well, we're no longer in the law, so we're free from the requirements of the law. But the first area I want to talk about is tithing before the law. Okay, the law didn't always exist. There was a time before the law, then there was the law, now we're in the period of grace where you and I are now. And so let's look at tithing before the law. In Genesis chapter 14, the Bible says that Abram tithed to the Lord. And I want to make a comment. Several hundred years before the law was introduced. Okay? Several hundred years. All right? Genesis 14. Let's read this. Genesis 14. And we're going to read 18 through 23. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him, talking about Abram, and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Now look what he says. And he gave him a tithe of part of it. What does it say? A tithe of all. Abram gave a tithe Okay, to the priest here. He gave a tithe of all. Everybody say all. all. I want you to see that. Now verse 21. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. Now, if you're not familiar with this story, what happened was, if you might remember, there was a war between some of the kings and Lot was caught up into it. His, remember his, his nephew? And so... Abram went out there to go get Lot, but in the process, he went ahead and helped them defeat the enemy. All right? So, this king here of Sodom wants to reward Abram for what he did. So, that's what he's saying. So, verse 21 again. Now, the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons that you, in other words, you got back, and take the goods for yourself. You can have all of them. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. So there is a few things I want you to see from what we're looking at here that I believe will be a blessing to you if you listen closely. Number one, Abram acknowledged that God is what? Possessor of heaven and earth. Who's our source? God is our source. Abraham knew that. Abraham knew that God is possessor of heaven and earth. God really owns it all, in other words. And he allows us to have a portion of his stuff.
in reality, we need to understand, and Abram understood, that we are stewards of what really belongs to God. The faster we get control of that in our, our thinking, we adjust our thinking to say, God owns it all, He's possessor of heaven and earth, but He allows me to steward part of what He has. Okay, That's important that we understand our position with Him. Abram knew that. Abram also, I want you to listen closely, didn't have to tithe. Abram didn't have to tithe. He wanted to honor God. Okay? And he was very clear about it. He wanted to honor God. You see why? Listen carefully. Abram knew everything that he had gained and all his successes were because of the blessing of God. He wanted to honor the Lord. You see, he tithed because he wanted to honor God with the first and the best of his blessings. And what did that do? That kept the same flow going in his life. And boy, I tell you, the Bible says Abram was rich. Very rich. Everybody say very rich. Very. I mean, Abram so understood and acknowledged that God was his source of supply and blessing, he lived a nomadic life. And what I mean is, he was very rich. He could have built a great castle and filled it with gold and did all kinds of things, but instead he chose to live in a tent. I guarantee you it was a sharp tent. I mean, he, had, he probably had the best of whatever tent thing you could do. Just think of the most stylish camping that you possibly could come up with and just picture that was him at that time okay whatever they had he had going for him but why did he stay in that nomadic style uh position so when god spoke to him to go do something he said yes sir pick up guys and let's go he wanted to live a life that he could obey the lord and do what god called him to do as he was moving along and the only way he could do that that he knew of is what live in a in a way that possessions did not own him you understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you guys, God will bless you if you obey Him, if you honor Him, if you, if you are truly putting Him first. And the thing is, in your heart, you know when you're, you are and you're not. And we can, you know how we can know when we're putting God first? All we've got to do is look at our wallet. <laughs> our wallet will tell on us. Why? Because, again, giving, honoring God with the first and best will show up in the checkbook. It'll show up in how we live our life. It just does. That's a fact. Um, remember when Jesus said, if you want to know where someone's treasure is, I mean, if you want to know where their heart is, what did he say? Find out what they treasure. What's really important to them in life? And you'll find out what their heart is. And so if their heart is all about themselves it's going to show up in the finances but if their heart is all about the lord and really wanting to honor him it's going to show up in the finances but how many know you can't outgive god no matter how hard you try i promise you won't it won't happen praise god for that amen all right look at your notes here god was the priority in abram's life not material blessings and the fact is that he had both because he honored and obeyed god's word he was blessed materially and spiritually. Because he honored and obeyed God's word, he was blessed materially and spiritually. Abram tithed hundreds of years before tithing was introduced as a requirement in the law in the Old Covenant. 
So what we see here, guys, is we see tithing long before it was a requirement, long before it was part of the law. The principle of tithing, apparently, God had shared with Adam and Eve, and it went down the line. And they, the, the principle was there all along. And so uh, it, it, another note, if you want to uh, write it, in Genesis 28, verses 20 through 22, Jacob vowed to give God a tithe of all that God blessed him with. In Genesis 28, 20 through 22. So both of these men honored the Lord with tithes, and this is all before the law of the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant hadn't existed yet. Nothing had happened. They didn't know anything about that yet. So now, let's look at tithing during the law. So we see a transition happening here. But again, the principle of tithing is still here. And you will see the heartbeat of it through Jesus. Tithing was a requirement under the law. Now, tithing was not new when it became part of the law. It just became a requirement. All right? That's very important for us to understand. It wasn't new. It wasn't introduced under the law. It just, again, became a requirement. Look with me on the screen here if you want. Deuteronomy 14, 22-24. And this is the law. You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where He chooses to make His name abide. The tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil, of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. So here we see tithing, again, not new, but introduced in the law. And in the law, it became a requirement. The law was not optional, okay? In other words, the law was structured in such a way that you just simply obeyed the law. And you did it, that's the way it was. But Jesus responds to this. Now, what period of time, what period of time when Jesus was on the earth during his earthly ministry did he live in? The old covenant. He, in other words, Jesus operated what? Under the law. Now, the amazing thing about what Jesus showed us is he showed us the heart of the law. And see, some people lived by the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law. And there's a big difference between the two. See, they took the law and they cut people and they hurt people and they, they forced things, cutting this way and cutting that way, where Jesus showed the heart of the law, the spirit of the law. Big, big difference. So let's look at what Jesus said in Luke eleven forty two. This is the New Living Translation. Jesus is talking to a bunch of religious leaders. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe. Oh my gosh, what did Jesus say? What did he say? Everybody say it with me. Three words, you should tithe. Okay, what did he say again? You should tithe. Who's speaking? Jesus. Who do we listen to? Jesus. All right. Now, what does he say here? You should tithe. Yes, but do not neglect the more important things. What he's saying is this. I want you guys to listen. This is 
the New King James Version. All these things you should have done and not left the weightier things undone. What is he saying? Yes, you should tithe, but you shouldn't tithe so legalistically and ignore and, 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 and talk down to someone else and walk out of love and disregard someone. What he's saying is these guys tithe the tiniest part of what came to them. They were legalist about tithing, yet they lived a lifestyle that didn't say anything about loving the Lord or how the Lord would treat people. So they would walk all over people, they backstab people right on their way to tithe. Watch me, everybody. Get this peasant out of my way. Get that poor person out of my way while I tithe. See, that, that is, it, does that sound like Jesus? See, and what, what he's saying is, you're missing the spirit of it. Honor God with the tithe. Even though it was a requirement, did they have to act like it was a requirement? Then, you think Jesus felt like it was a requirement? Or Jesus loved to honor the Father with the tithe? He loved to honor the Father. In other words, it wasn't hard for him. He loved him. But he's saying, you can't treat people like dirt and do all these other things and be nasty and live any old way you want and still, exp- and still tithe like that and expect things to flow in your life. But see, if you're going by the law and that's all you're trying to do is fulfill the law, then you'll do a lot of things in your life and you'll just do it because that's the law. You did it for no other reason. So what, is, what I'm trying to say is, listen closely. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Priorities in life matter to God. Priorities in life matter to God. Tithing is important, absolutely. But don't tithe and forget about walking in love and mercy. Don't let go of everything else and just tithe legalistically. Look at your notes. God wants our heart to flow with the tithe. He wants our life to reflect our desire to tithe, to honor Him. Keep in mind, Jesus said, you should tithe. So Jesus didn't dismiss tithing. In fact, let's take it one step further. What did the Bible say about Jesus? Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law. What did He say? I came to fulfill the law. So people use the law as well we're no longer in the law we're outside the law we don't have to do that kind of stuff that's law stuff but what have we seen so far tithing wasn't introduced at the law it was a principle from the very beginning with mankind that is carried throughout history and it just became a requirement in the law but even then jesus was saying it shouldn't just be about the law it should be something what out of your heart I'm honoring God with the first and best, okay? Now let's look at tithing after the law. Jesus said that he didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. You and I have the law written in our hearts when we're born again. Did you know that? We have an inward desire to obey God's word from a heart of love. Listen, not out of rules and obligation. You and I, the great thing about the love of God being placed in us is that that royal law of love is in us. If I love you, will I steal from you? If I love you, would I backstab you? 
If I love you, would I gossip about you? No. And so I don't have to think about all these rules, do I? All I have to think about is what? The royal law of love. Love one another as Jesus loves me. If I do that, it makes things easy for me. All I got to do is walk in love and, and do what comes naturally from the inside of me and, and walk that out. Well, the tithe is part of that. It's part of that love that's naturally in us that wants to be expressed to the Father. Now, the Bible says that Abraham, remember earlier, Abraham gave tithes to the high priest Melchizedek. Remember when we talked about that? Well, and Melchizedek is a whole study in itself, okay? And I don't have time to get into it tonight, but it is interesting that you read in Hebrews that we're given the inference that Melchizedek is a type of the Son of God, Jesus. Now, how do we, how, how do we, where do we get that? Well, because the Bible says in Hebrews that Melchizedek has no beginning or ending. In other words, he has no parents. Who's the only other person like that? Jesus, the Son of God. What is Jesus to you and me? Jesus is our high priest. He is the high priest of the new covenant okay who is the only ones that stands before god on our behalf jesus he is our high priest who do we give our tithes to we lay them and give them to our high priest like abram gave them to melchizedek priest of god most high well jesus is our high priest so when we stand before god like later tonight, and we hold up that offering, I want you to imagine in your mind that your high priest Jesus is receiving that offering and then he lays it before God the Father on our behalf. And it is a sweet smell to him. It is a beautiful thing to him. Why? Because we don't have to do this. We want to do it. Think about how it pleases our Heavenly Father that we're stepping out in faith and we're honoring his word and praise God we don't have to. Now, look at your notes here. Abraham gave tithes long before tithing became a requirement. And we, according to the word of God, give our tithes by faith. And Jesus, our faithful high priest, receives our tithes and blesses us like Melchizedek blessed Abram. Amen? Praise God for that. In the book of Hebrews, we are told that we have a better covenant than the old covenant. And if the old covenant said God would bless us for tithing, what do we have in the new covenant? And we have a better covenant. How many know better means what? Better. Everybody say better. better. Say it like you mean it this time. Everybody say better. better. All right, better, better. I mean better. We have a better covenant than the old covenant. Praise God for that. That means we have better blessings. <laughs> we have better everything, right? Everybody say better. better. All right, that's a good word, isn't it? Better. How much sounds like butter? Butter's good. No matter what they say, butter's good for you. All right. How much more should we be blessed for obedience to tithe than the old covenant? Think about it for just a moment. In the old covenant, they might say, well, you had to tithe. Well, okay, we're in the new covenant. If they were blessed because they were tithing, how much more blessed should we be in the new covenant with the better covenant? Now, God doesn't want us as Christians in the New Testament to be a legalist about tithing. You know, when you read, and, and we'll get into it on uh, uh, Malachi chapter 3, it talks about the curses 
remember, I want you to get this real clear in you, because I, I still hear sometimes people say, oh yeah, i got to pay my tithes, I don't want to be cursed. What does Galatians 3.13 tell us? That Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the broken law. Everybody say it with me. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the broken law. So did he redeem us from the curse of the broken law? Did he redeem us from the curse of the broken So is there a curse for not tithing in the New Testament? Some of you are like, oh, well, no. If he redeemed us from the curse, are we redeemed from the curse? With a little footnote, exception, the tithe. No. All right, no footnote, no exception, okay? What I'm trying to say is God is not out there like a mafia boss looking for his payment. All right? Right? You know, God the Father, you know, not the Godfather. All right? <laughs> Give me my dice. You know, I mean, we're not operating like that. Pay me or it's over, you know. I mean, or send my guys after you, you know. It's God the Father, and we do it. Why? Because we love Him. Now, it, now, now, let me tell you this, and we'll get into more of it next week. If you choose not to tithe, is the Lord pleased with that? Of course not. Is He mad at you? No. But see, what you told him by dishonoring him in that area, I really don't believe your word. Could that ever possibly please him? Would you be pleased if your kids told you, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. Right? Now, the other side of it is, no, there's no curse for us. Okay? There's no curse for us disobeying God in that area by not honoring God with the tithe. But on the other hand, are you going to get the blessings of the windows of heaven opened over you and so much blessing you can't contain it if you choose to disregard tithing? No. So God's like, you know, I want to bless you. <laughs> I want to do things in your life, but you've really limited me by not allowing me to be a part of your life in that area. And see, that's what we need to understand. When we tithe, we partner up with God. We honor His Word, and we're partners. See, God wants to get things done in the earth, doesn't He? He wants to get things done, but it all starts with obedience. It all starts with obedience, and you honoring Him, and then He can work with you, and He can add to you, and He can grow you, so to speak, and you and Him can do great things in the earth. But if you chose to go your own way, I'm just going to do my own thing, then His hands are tied, and that's what we need to see. Listen carefully at the last part of your uh, notes. We as Abraham tithed should purpose in our heart to honor God, the possessor of heaven and earth. You should choose to tithe because you want to honor God in His Word, not because you have to. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? I'm telling you, we don't live in a place where we are required by a taskmaster, you will do this and you will do that. But praise God, we're free. Say, I'm free. That's what grace is all about. Isn't it wonderful that God the Father wants to partner with you? And He wants to bless your socks off. Why? So that what? He can do the work of God He wants to get done in the earth. Amen? You think about, many of you are obviously familiar with Billy Graham and him passing away. 
And I'm telling you guys, he's a great, great man of God. I mean great man of God. And think about how God used him to the level. Most of us don't even get it. We don't even understand to the level that God used him. But Billy Graham lived his life with the attitude of he never wanted to be forefront. He never wanted to be, look at me, you know. But the more that he pressed into the Lord, the more humble he was, the more God put him in the front. And I'm telling you what, God guys used, God used him big time uh, to change this world. All it comes down to is your heart and obedience to be used by the Lord and not limiting him. You can't limit him. Say, I won't limit God. One of the reasons I believe that the Lord wants us to stay on this subject of these principles of prosperity is to renew our mind and move the limit up. Move that limit bar up. Amen? So in other words, we can believe God for more flow in our life. We, we are not intimidated by, you know, 10,000, 100,000, you know what I'm saying, 200,000, 300,000. God can continue to add an increase in our life so that we can be more effective, so that we can be a greater blessing. Amen? I mean, God's got a lot of good things that need to be done in this earth. I'm telling you, a lot of people still need to be reached. Jesus hadn't come yet. And what do we need to be doing till he comes? Amen? Doing what he told us to do till he comes. Amen? And that is what? Putting the word of God out there and putting it out there more than we are. Sharing the good news. Amen? We're busy about doing what God calls us to do. And we're busy about what's important to him. Remember how I talked about honoring God? What is important to God? Reaching people loving people helping people amen is important to him and if we're doing that he will add to us to make sure we're doing the job amen